Hello, and welcome to the Casual Author Podcast. I'm Dan, host and independent author of sci-fi and fantasy books, father of five, full-time worker, homesteader, and a man of many other responsibilities. I'm here to talk to you about what it's like to be an author, how we can prioritize and be productive, and how we can be encouraged to know that despite our busyness, we can still make the best of our authoring. To learn more about me, my books, or access the podcast show notes, head to dankenner.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Hello, it's Dan Kenner, the host of The Casual Author, and it is Monday, October 18th, as I record this. Um, I'm really excited about the interview that I have to share with you today. I had the opportunity to talk to the amazing Gabby Bachknight about cultivating your imagination. Now, one of the uh, most challenging things, at least for me, uh, when you're an author with so many other things going on, is keeping your imagination alive and, and taking the time to to think about your plots, think about your creativity, and you just fill your creative font, as Joanna Penn at the Creative Pen likes to say. Um, you know, when your mind is full of all these things, how do you have time to really think about plots? How do you have time to think about new characters and character developments and all of these things? You know, how do you make time for that? So we talked a little bit about that. I'm excited to share that with you today. Before we get into that, of course, we like to dive into updates. And I tell you what, this week is feeling really good. My wife and I are starting to return back to normal. Even last week, I mentioned we were starting even a little bit. But today, I think we may have made the return. Everyone is well. No one's feeling sick, which is excellent. Um, and, you know, I was able to get to work and work on my author stuff within decent timelines. But this weekend, we actually um, took care. We processed some chickens. I'm just going to refer to it as that. We had a set of, uh, I think, 18 other meat birds that had grown a little bit too big because, uh, you know, COVID struck us at the worst time possible. We were all set to butcher them and have them in the freezer and, and not have to take care of them and feed them and whatnot. And then COVID hit. And it was like, well, my wife didn't have the energy to do it. I couldn't really do it myself because someone needed to watch the kids. Of course, we couldn't ask someone to come over to watch our kids because COVID was in the house. So they just had to wait. Fortunately, that meant they had to wait for three whole weeks. Now, the thing about meat chickens is those things grow so rapidly. Um, and so in an effort to keep them from growing, you, you pretty much increase their feed over time so that they get really bulky and really meaty. Uh, we had to reduce that. They weren't starving. I mean, we were giving them plenty. Meat chickens will eat whatever you give them. If you give them five times the amount of food that they need, they will eat it all. And then they'll grow too big. And then it's actually a danger to them. You know, they they might die preemptively before you can um, you know take care of them. So we reduced their feed, but they still grew. I mean, these things, we're talking like, eight, nine, 10 pound chickens. Those were some strong chickens. So I can tell you what, it was, it was a little bit of a fight. Um, but we, we got them taken care of, which we're grateful for. That means less chores. I didn't even have to go out and do uh, afternoon chores today for the past, what, three, four months. We've had to go out three times a day that has fallen on my shoulders with my wife and kids being sick. I've gone out three times a day. Uh, you know, morning, afternoon, and night. And, you know, it's it's been taking about three hours a day 
to uh, take care of these animals. Now it's reduced to a little bit less, probably one and a half, uh, which is great. More time for me. So that's good. That's very, very good news. Additionally, in other news, my editor and I are just about through the last round of edits before we do a final read through and order the proof copy, which is amazing. Um, we've been hitting it hard this past week. I believe that I'm on the last, what, probably 20, 30 comments within the document, and then we'll do another read through, which hopefully this one is more smooth. We've really ironed out a lot of the plot points. Uh, actually, the plot points were all taken care of as is during the first pass, but a lot of the line items, a lot of the comma problems, spelling, so this last one will really just catch anything that still doesn't jive, really catch any punctuation, grammar, anything that might not, not feel good. I think we've done a pretty good job of that, and then we'll order those proof copies, which means the ARC copies will be, it's redundant, obviously, advanced reader copies is what ARC stands for, but the ARCs, we'll just say that, will be going out. So for all of those who have signed up for an ARC of Sunfire, thank you for your patience. We're really coming up on me being able to send those out, send out the ARCs, order the proof copies, and then I think we'll be good to go. So I'm really excited about that. Really, really excited about that. So other than that, in author news, um, you know, I'll be honest, the whole marketing of my books has taken an interesting turn in the past couple weeks. I will say that have I paid for any marketing? No. Am I planning on it? Yes. But my my quote unquote free marketing methods currently through TikTok and mostly TikTok, but a little bit through Instagram, I've, you know, taken a little bit of a back burner, not because of, of lack of effort, but mainly because the uh, the algorithms, so to speak, are practically impossible to guess so any video or promotion that i've made has has gotten very few views so i mean that's that's just to be expected when you're using free social media platforms such as this to try to market your books and yourself you can't always expect that now uh you know initially it was a little bit annoying and frustrating to see that but then you know the more i thought about there's not much i can do about it once i really dive into marketing paid marketing for real, then, you know, something like that will be a more important learning to take a look at that and say, okay, well, what did I do wrong? Or, you know, what worked in terms of keywords and um, age groups and demographics and whatnot that I've been targeting for these books, and then, you know, make changes and try again. So that's okay. Sales have been slow, um, but as an independent author, that's just what you can kind of expect unless you have um, a lot of time and a lot of money to put into marketing. Someday, perhaps, but for now, that is where it is. Um, still, I'm trying to maintain it as much as possible. Um, I don't feel like dropping off is going to help me or anybody else, so we're just going to keep doing it as it is. Um Lastly, in author news, I do want to uh, point out that I did finish the relaxed author. I I talked a little bit about how they quoted me in the last podcast, which was exciting. Um, it's very interesting and odd, kind of exciting to to hear a quote from yourself in a book unexpectedly. I, I did give them permission, but I didn't think that I had said anything of note when I submitted my comments about being a relaxed author. Still, they, they used that, um, and it was exciting. But having read The Relaxed Author, it, it actually did help me put my authoring in perspective. I mean, obviously, I'm aware of the relaxed nature of my authoring. Um, it was by design. Um, it's not currently possible for me to quit my jobs and quit a lot of responsibilities, downsize and whatnot because of the life choices, the homesteading that we have opted to do, which is fine. Once again, no regrets. 
Um, however, you know, it doesn't mean that there was no frustration with my lack of success when it comes to selling books and really writing rapidly um, and getting a lot of books out there. And so I took a step back. And as I finished The Relaxed Author, I realized that my perspective was just a tad bit skewed. Um, I'm not necessarily saying accept where you are and give up. And I'm not doing that. But I'm realizing that my pace is and will always be different from another author's, you know, another author who writes a book a month or two books a year or whatnot. Um, they may or may not be aligned with my current um, availability in terms of writing. I can't write that quickly for lack of time. And that's okay. Um, you know, they publish things differently, they make different decisions. And you just have to be okay with what you're doing, and understand that that is just the way it needs to go. And so yeah, once I accepted that, realized, okay, I'm actually not doing as bad as I could be considering all of the responsibilities that I have, just looking at it from that perspective and realizing yeah, I'm definitely doing um, the best I can do for now. There may be times where I could be a tad bit more organized um, to write more, to to be a bit more effective. However, Na NaNoWriMo is coming up. So that's exciting. I did, coincidentally, last NaNoWriMo, I was struck with COVID. It, it has a way of weaseling its way into the um, more exciting times of your life. So I did not end up writing 50,000 words during the last year's NaNoWriMo. This year, I'd like to give it a try. I think that I can. Um, I was actually struck, let's say that way, with the exact way that I'm hoping to resolve and end Ascended, the third book of the Lightbearer Chronicles. Now, before you say, but Dan, you didn't know how it was going to end. I did. I did. I do know all of the events for the most part, but there was still one of the main characters that I was thinking, ha, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with them. I don't know what decisions they're going to make. Like, where are they going to... There's a lot of things riding on them and their decisions, and I just want to make sure to end it right. And I think I found the right ending. However, what does that mean? It means that I've opened up the Lightbearer Chronicles for a, another sister series. Let's call it that. Um, will the Lightbearer Chronicles be resolved? Yes, 100%. Is there an open ending for me to write more books? Yes. I'm thinking of probably another trilogy. The ideas have come flowing in my mind, sort of a 50 to 100 years later type book um, or series rather. Anyway, and that's exciting. So that that struck me. I'm really excited to actually get in and write. So hopefully I can write about 50,000 words or more of Ascended during NaNoWriMo. Will I get it done? Doubtful. I doubt it. I mean, most the, the Lightbearer Chronicles have each panned out about 140, 155,000 words. So given that I have, what, 38,000 words, I, it's, I'm not going to finish it probably. And that's okay. Um, but if I can get a good chunk written in NaNoWriMo, then I'll be happy. But that, like I said, I think that was all the updates. Inevitably, if I keep talking and thinking, more will crop up. But I think now it's appropriate to move into the interview portion of the podcast. Hi, all right, I'm here with Gabby Bachnight. That's how you say Thank your last you. name, correct? Bachnight? Yes, yes. Perfect. Excellent. There's a tad like, bit of a delay. Like the beer shiner box in the night okay excellent where does that name come from it's german german okay interesting coincidentally kenner have, is german as well so that's interesting i have no idea how my husband's family got that last name because it comes from his dad's side and with his heritage i don't know how he wound up with a german last name that is very interesting 
Well, it's cool last name regardless. I just wanted to make sure. I thought it was pronounced the way that it sounded, but thanks for clarifying that for me. I always want to make sure I do that right. Uh, But tell me, Gabby, where are you within your author career? I know that everyone is in various places with their writing and publishing journey. So so where are you in that? Right now, I am... I'm paused on writing until the new year kind of comes to an end because with my book content, I make from a main TikTok page and start up with YouTube. Like I decided to pause writing. Um, so right now I'm paused. I do have one short story published and I'm kind of promoting that and doing the indie author takeover for November for that. And then come the new year, I plan on actually like setting some goals for the year for both the reading content and the writing content that I do. Awesome. Uh, the, the so very casual right it. now. And that's, I think that's perfect for this podcast, right? The casual author. I, I love that. I know you've been writing some things for some time. I have read your short story. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I, I know you were kind of working on a number of things and without getting too specific, I believe you're writing maybe three or four novels at the same time, kind of a little by little. Is that correct? Yeah. So one of them, um, I've decided to completely scrap it. And I'm going to pick the idea again, but to step away from it, I've been working on it for about three years. I lost all of my um, corrections and revisions on it. I was five chapters in, and then I started really doing a dive into fantasy and learning about what I was actually writing. Because to be honest, I had only read like YA fantasy and mm-hmm. um, some urban fantasy. I didn't feel like I really had a good grip on the genre, but it was something that I really wanted to write. And I was inspired by a podcast I'd listened to for this idea which includes mythology. Cool. But after doing like a deep dive, listening to some people like the fantasy news goblin, um, Daniel Green, and a couple uh-huh. other people talking, I realized that I was just going to be regurgitating what other people in the genre had done. And so I did some deep diving and really thinking about what I wanted for this. So this is going to be like retackled and reimagined and, changed from what I already have I think I need to keep the first two chapters but not anything after the first two chapters and then I have a romance story and a dystopian story going on the dystopian I haven't decided if it's going to be a novel or if it's going to be a collection of seven short stories okay that happen in what is essentially America that fell apart oh interesting and that's going to be interesting. Uh, that's going to be interesting. I have to decide whether I want it to be full length novel or if I want to go into seven short stories and do a short story collection with that. And then I had a really awful day at work on Saturday and another story idea hit me kind of urban fantasy ish. I feel like I need to write about work, but I need to find a way to like escape work. I feel like I'm going to do some kind of like Cinderella thing. But like I said, I'm trying to pause the writing until after the new year because so many obligations have hit right now that it's just too much. Yeah. Well, I mean, hence the new year plan for, for going next goal for planning next year. Wow. Mixed up the words there, but I think that's an excellent thing is just sometimes you just have to look at your life and be like, yeah, I think it makes sense to kind of set this period of time where I need to prepare for the actual writing period. So I, I think that's an excellent goal, but that's a lot of things that you've been working on. And I imagine some of those things have been over the past couple of years, perhaps longer. Is that right? 
Yeah, the fantasy story that I'm dismantling and reimagining has been uh, come 2022, it'll be two years. And then the other stuff has been over the last few months. And I'm there going to be there whenever I'm burnt out and feeling tired of this of the big story because that's my baby that's the one that like mm-hmm. i may try to traditionally publish i don't know um the other stuff is going to be indie for sure but this one i'm considering maybe submitting to tour or to anna nice. j Warner's publishing house and I, I don't know if it would be for tour because it's like gonna be fairly left field i think but anna has seen some of it and liked it so i may try to go with her i'll still be indie if i go with her because she's an indie publishing house but we'll see where i put that one but the other stuff is kind of when i'm too much in my head about this because i have a tendency to like edit as i go which is really destructive sometimes because i will be going and like focusing on like this page is not perfect i have to get it perfect and then i won't keep going so like the other stuff is more like a distraction so let's stop doing that so that I like, okay, this may not be where I want it, but I need to get the draft done. So then I can go and edit because if I keep trying to edit what's already there, I'm never going to get to the end. And I want that to be like a duology. So this stuff is like more like side projects just to curb that desire to constantly edit instead of writing it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm, I totally get that. I mean, one, I'm not an excellent, I don't do editing unless I absolutely have to, which of course you have to before you publish. Uh, But yeah, I can't, I just can't even relook at the things that I've already written in terms of the first draft. I just have to get it out. And then I find surprisingly when I come back and read through it, I'm like, oh, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was, right? You just, you think as you're writing it, or if I go back right then, it doesn't feel like it connects, but surprisingly a lot more connects than you think when you've written the whole draft. It's like, okay, that makes sense. But so, I mean, this is excellent because you specifically mentioned something about work being one of your creative, well, maybe not the creative inspiration, but where do you find the creativity, the inspiration for all of these different stories? Like, how do you keep it all straight? It kind of depends. So the fantasy one that I'm writing involves Pegasus. Well, Pegasi, because there's going to be more than one. And I was listening to a podcast called The Mythical Monsters. I didn't have much time when I worked at the facility as a JCO. That was what I did before I was at Walmart. Okay. So I would read whenever I was with the boys on the floor if they were behaving and like I could sneak in reading but or writing at the time. But... I would only get like 30 minute breaks and I would want something to take my head out, but I couldn't eat and read. Like I couldn't go get my food and Mm. read a book. So I would do podcasts and mythical monsters covered the Pegasi. And I, when I Googled stuff, there's not a lot on it. And I was like, I can totally put my own twist on this using some of what's already known, but then do like my totally own situation. And that's where that one came from. Cool. The dystopian one, I don't really know where I got the idea because there's like, I, not everything is fully formulated with that one. I know it's going to be like, there's like a bride market and society fell apart. And for that one, it never, like America went to hell in a handbasket because plagues, war, like we just self-destructed as humanity. And the people who could steal land or money, whoever you were, you could be 
a person from a trailer park and have risen up because you were able to take that person's land. That's how that kind of came about. I guess like I used to watch a lot of shows. There was a show called Revolution back in the day that only had like one or two seasons that didn't go past that. I think because I've been in that world, maybe that's where some of that comes from. And then the romance, just because I had this idea of something tragic and sad that I had a nightmare about my kids dying and like I just I couldn't take it. Like I this sparked like, the whole idea for a romance series because I read a lot of the grittier romances I would say where life has really hit the characters and they have to deal with it it's not all lovey-dovey bubblegum life is perfect I don't really gravitate towards those romance novels I like it when the people are have to work through things and have to make it through and it's a choice to stick every day out yep conflicted so to speak yep that's that is amazing. I mean, we all draw inspiration for our creativity from various places. Uh, but I know for me, and I think probably for you as well, because I know you read a lot. You probably read more than I do. I wish I, I love reading. I could probably read all day, every day if I had the choice. But with the things that I have in my life, like I possibly have 15 minutes to 30 minutes a day to read audiobooks. I can listen to audiobooks. But I mean, how much of your, like, not necessarily direct inspiration for the actual words you're writing, but, like, in terms of keeping your creative mindset, your muse active, so to speak, how much of that comes from the reading that you do, do you think? It depends on the mood I'm in. Because sure. Okay, that's a good point. Where, like, if I'm writing something in a fantasy and I'm reading a bunch of fantasy at the time, I feel very overwhelmed and, mm-hmm. like, I can't do this because I, like, all of a sudden I'm seeing what other people are doing and I'm like, hang on, am I copying this? Am I doing this? Yeah. So if I'm writing in fantasy, I really need to stay away from fantasy and read other stuff. That way my head is not just over filled with consumption of that genre. So uh-huh. I feel like that's why I read so many different variances of books is because I'm writing in so much that for me, seeing maybe, like I've taken a lot of stuff from romance and thrown it into what I'm going to deconstruct with the fantasy story. There will be stuff that, like, I don't know if I'm going to keep romance in the story. That's something I may take out. But there's a lot I've learned from romance books that I think I can use to help build with the plot and maybe avoid some, like, tacky tropes that I think are in there right now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like just seeing how other authors have worked stuff helps from all my reading in my opinion and then like i'm reading mark leslie's a canadian werewolf oh, in yeah, New York, yep. and he had some really good writing advice that he actually got from an author and i cannot remember the name of the author off the top of my head but he writes about a writer that's a werewolf and the this famous author gave the werewolf writer this piece of advice to take a walk through your character's eyes so you go out and since he lives in the city he goes out into the city and he walks this his character maxwell Brant in the book and he sees what maxwell Brant would see not what him mike uh michael andrews sees but maxwell and i think that's cool and i'm gonna start using that that actually kind of helps me get more into my character and my fantasy stories because I'm going to go start going for a walk in the woods because she lives in a more medieval style setting 
not quite medieval, but that's the best way to put it. And I can go walk through the woods and like, I feel like I'm going to be in her head seeing how she would see this and that, and that was helpful for me. So that's some one way that like writing, reading has helped inspire my writing. Change my approach on that, getting into a character's head. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, that's a really direct application. Um, I think, you know, I can definitely relate with that. I found, you know, there's been times where I've, I've lapsed. Even now there's a tad bit of a lapse in terms of actually doing writing. Um, I'm working on a book from an editing perspective, but I've just found that there have been very clear lapses in my ability to write effectively. And it comes from a number of things. I think one I'm not investing enough time in it. So, I mean, that's relatively obvious. But two, I'm not investing enough in my imagination and bolstering my creativity. And for me, reading, like you said, like that that application, that, that example you had, I listened to podcasts more recently. I've been trying to listen to like author help book type things, but just like reading the genres that I'm writing and reading or that I'm writing in sci-fi um, and fantasy helps a lot. And not even just like, not from like an idea perspective, because a lot of the stories are laid out relatively. I'm not a plotter, but like I have kind of in my mind where I think I'm going to go with it. I'm terrible at writing things down, but just like actually reading helps me understand like the different options I have for like voice and like different word usage and different sentence structures and constructions and things that, you know, I just don't think about because I ha- I'm stuck in my own head. And if I'm just writing and not branching out and reading other things, I'm not hearing the different ways they describe the world. And so for me, it's like, all right, I'm filling my creative font every time I'm listening to or reading a book, regardless of the genre. It's like, oh, I'm picking up on these cool little things that I might not have thought about if I hadn't taken the time to read. So for me, that, that helps a ton when I actually take the time to read. Um, I don't know if you've experienced some of that as well with your, your writing and editing when you've been listening to or reading other books. It does. I like very much like prose style writing. I like it very poetic and flowy. And so like I do gravitate towards authors that are more like that. But that's also another reason why I like to read in genres where that's not necessarily a thing. Like diving into thrillers, it's, they're not really prosy. They're not flowery. They don't have any of the poetry. So it kind of helps stop because like I fall into the place of comparing mm-hmm. myself with what they did. So that is one of the reasons, like depending on what I'm writing, I try not to like, dive too much off the deep end into yeah. that genre when reading. And I do find it helps with character building too because I may be reading an urban fantasy and I like the way that that character she has like this one trait or he has this one trait I'm like oh hang on I like that that can be applied here in Mm -hmm. my dystopian story and I can use that to help build this character up and also sometimes names names can be very hard to come up with like my characters feel like people and so sometimes I get stuck when writing because I I can see the character in my head. I know exactly what this person looks like, but their name will not be there. And like, I'm going through name after name after name. And I'm like, this doesn't fit. This doesn't fit. And then like, I might be reading the book and I'm like, hang on, that name sounds good. And I won't take the author's name. Like, right, but it right. might spark like going onto a trail with something else that gets me where I want. Cause I may be like, maybe I'll like the sound of Fallon. But instead of Fallon, I'll name the person Talon. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
that way, but yeah. I like the way that the name sounds closed and it might spark a trail to go somewhere else so I can find that character's name. Because sometimes they just do not want to tell me their name. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. Um, coincidentally, I've not actually, I'm trying to think from the books that I've written, if I've drawn inspiration, I think that's an excellent thing. Like I, when you you hear all these really complex and cool names, yeah, I can see how that would really help you think from a different, like, you know, syllable structure, like sentence or not sentence, um, just sound, like you said, Fanlin versus Talon and whatnot. Um, that's a really interesting thing. I, I can totally relate on your comment about character development. I was just thinking about a book that I read recently. It's like in the third book of my trilogy that I'm currently working on, I was I was having a little bit of a hard time thinking like, how can I make what happens at the end? I want to make sure the readers feel a certain thing, right? Whatever that is. I'm not going to give no spoilers, right? Um, but I was like, how do I build? Like, I'm just trying to figure out how to make that happen because the, the characters that this event occurs with you know the various characters some of them have been main some of them haven't been as main they're a little bit more side characters like how can i build that anyway in this book that i read i remember a certain event happened and i remember thinking wow that i felt something very specific and it was the exact feeling i wanted to induce in the people reading my book and so i reflected on like what's happened in the book three-fourths of the way in that happened what happened in the rest of the book that made me prepare to feel this way when this event happened and so that helped me think like okay i need to build up by having these types of scenes with these com combinations of characters to make sure that this you know this development happens so that when this event happens people are like oh you know, they're experiencing that feeling. So anyway, it was just helpful, you know, to draw on that inspiration, see that character development. And the characters in my book are completely different. Like the situation is completely different. It's not even close to the same, but the, the same thing, similar thing happens in the book. And so um, anyway, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I can totally relate on that. If I wasn't reading or taking the time to to listen to audiobooks of the, the genre, I probably would have never solved that problem in my head of how to write that. So it's been very helpful. And I find if I like an author, I tend to like listen, like Brandon Sanderson does lectures. And yeah. even though I haven't finished Elantris, I do like Sanderson's style of writing. I do think it's similar to Jordan. Like I started their books mm -hmm. on the same day and I was like, whoa, if I didn't know better, I would think they were the same person. Well, Sanderson has a series of lectures and he does other things where he talks about characters. And I found that like listening to him talk has helped because he had a situation like that with one of his books where he was trying to figure out how to get characters to care about some, like people to care about characters and yeah. to get to a certain point. And he realized it didn't make sense. So he turned it into a travel log style for that part of the book. Well, I think it's actually for the entire book. It was one of the, I want to say Mistborn books that he was talking about. I haven't mm -hmm. read Mistborn. And so I would read that he was talking about. Uh, I feel like a need to dive into Sanderson, but I feel like I will never have enough time. Yeah. <laughs> Sanderson's books are huge. And so he was talking about how he realized with fantasy, you can make a travel log and people expect it from okay. fantasy. Like that's something that is okay in the genre. So that's how he fits his problem to get us to care and to make it make sense as to why we wound up where we wound up. And so I found that sometimes Maybe the book doesn't inspire me, but the author hearing them talk about their process does. Like I've been talking to Mark Busley about his book and like he reimagined Spider-Man in a way that I never saw Spider-Man. 
and he talks about it in his book, like Spider-Man is the parallel that the character draws from. And I've been talking with him and I'm like, I would have never thought that that Spider-Man's smart aleck comments to the bad guys was because he's not confident. I always thought that they're because he's confident. I thought mm-hmm. that when he's not Spider-Man, he's just the nerdy Peter Parker who's shy. I never thought that he also takes his nerdy, shy character into being Spider-Man and Spider-Man's not actually confident. So that kind of like made me realize you can make a hero that's all around nerdy and shy and not confident and exude confidence mm-hmm. with the thing with like smart aleck clicks. And I like loved that from his book and talking to him about that. That's amazing. I I'd never thought about drawing that comparison either. I haven't read his books coincidentally, so I, I can't say for sure that I understand fully, but the way you've described it, yeah, that's the type of inspiration that you can draw. And I, I like that you mentioned Brandon Sanderson's classes online. I have, you've sent me a couple links and, and I have begun listening to them. I haven't made it too far just because my mind keeps getting pulled in various directions. However, that's an excellent place to draw creativity from, if not from reading from, but just learning from other authors from, that's why I listen to a bunch of other podcasts. I listen to the creative pen by Joanna Penn, because that's an excellent podcast. Um, and I listen to six figure authors as well. It's just, it's a very exciting, um, exciting way to, to get into authoring, to learn more about it, to bolster your creativity, those podcasts, those classes. You said YouTube is where you found those ones with Branderson, Brandon Sanderson, yes. correct? Yes. That's really And cool. I always remind myself when listening to these that I, that there is no real 100% right or wrong way to do the process because I feel like starting out all the years ago that I decided I wanted to be an author that I wanted to write that I wanted to get stuff out there when I would look at it like this is how it has to be done when you hear like Stephen King or somebody talk about writing and they're like a great person they're like best-selling authors everyone knows their name and you're like oh well because of this that has to be the right way because look at his success I've also reminded myself at the same time that I can take any little thing that like you're talking about that Mark Leslie, Stephen King, Brandon Sanderson, any author talks about, and I can listen to it, but I just need to make sure that I include, like I have that grain of salt, but I don't just see it as like, well, this is the only right answer. And I want other people listening to us to know that just because we're sitting here talking about our process, it may not work for you. That's mm-hmm. okay. Like, cause I know starting out, cause I started writing when I was a teenager it felt overwhelming sometimes listening to people talking about writing and their processes and it made it feel like, Oh, well, I can never do this. So I do want anyone who listens to us, like, remember we're not perfect and mm-hmm. what works for us may not work for you, but always try to learn something from anyone you can. Cause even the worst, like I've learned from being a worker, the worst worker can teach you how to do something good depending on the situation because they may if they're a lazy worker, well, they may have found an easier workaround on something. Because like with my husband's with us both having done corrections, he always said, no matter how lazy the officer, the lazy officers are typically really good at talking someone out of a situation so that no, there's no fight. That's why I use like, no matter how bad the worker, they can still teach me something. And no matter how good the worker, they can teach me something. So I see it that way with listening to people talk about writing. Yeah. And I mean, and even reading, I, I don't know about you, but I, I won't name any books, but I have read some bad books. Like, 
Let's just be honest. You've read some books. You're like, that book wasn't really that great. I, I just finish books by principle because I'm just like, I just, I don't like to DNF books. Do not finish books. Just because it just bothers me. I'm like, I don't really care to know what happens at the end of this book, but I just have to finish it. Granted, I haven't read lots of bad books, but still, like you said, just the div- diversity of information, both listening, reading, um, even just having conversations with people that bolsters my creativity for sure. And I found that like, I don't know if you've experienced this as well, but when I have stronger creativity because I'm consuming this media, various media from various places, I feel like I can actually problem solve in real life better too. Like, it's so funny when I'm like, how do I fix this gate that's broken on this goat pen? Surprisingly, I can solve those problems so much better when I'm actually reading, you know, listening to podcasts and learning this information, even if it's not related to fixing a goat gate. I just, I'm, I'm creative so I can problem solve better. Yeah, I feel like because I'm a creative person, whether it's making, you know, a one minute TikTok video or writing or crocheting, whatever it is, I feel like I function better in my day-to-day life when I'm creative. If I'm not being creative, let's say I'm just only reading books and I'm going to work and I'm taking care of my family and that's it. I'm not doing any TikTok content. I'm not crocheting anything. I'm not doing any writing. I feel very kind of bland and flawed and I feel like everything starts to blur together. And I just don't feel okay. And I feel like I go into like more of a depressive state easier than when I'm being creative. I wouldn't say being creative keeps my mental health up, but I would say that it helps whenever I start to go into a slump because I deal with a lot of anxiety and situational depression. So like if work is going really, really bad, which I have been the last few months and I'm not being creative, I don't feel... I don't feel okay. Like it's just being creative is a part of who I am. And so whenever I am creative, like you said, fixing a goat pen has nothing to do with reading or writing. But you were good. And so it helped you fix that. That's how I like my, that's how it helps me too, is like, may not be a goat pen because I don't have any goats and though your goats are adorable, (laughs) but it might help with, (laughs) I had a goat, I had a pet goat as a kid. Oh, that's right. I I can't remember what it was named. But it lived in my house with me there for a little while. And then it went outside. My dad hated it. but um, <laughs> <laughs> So it might like, like you're talking about reading. Sometimes there are characters that remind me of my boss or whoever it is I'm having a problem with. And it's like, oh, hey, this person has a parallel to this person. Mm-hmm. I know how to handle him or her. Yeah. So yeah, it helps. Yeah, Absolutely. For some reason, this just made me think. And, and if you don't have an answer for this, no problem. But just like, do you have a like comfort book or comfort series that you always fall back to that you reread when you're feeling like, oh, dissatisfied with the current books you're reading or like maybe dissatisfied with the decisions that are or the, what's happening in your life? I know I have comfort books and I'll go into mine in just a minute. But do you have any comfort books or series that you keep rereading because you just love it so much? Okay, I don't I don't normally reread books. This oh, okay, sounds that's weird, fine. but like the way my memory is, it steal like it steals from the story. There have been a yeah. few I have had to reread. Like when I was in school, Hatchet by Gary Paulson and A Christmas Carol were nice. always something that like mi- elementary, middle school, and high school I had to read them multiple times. So I do feel like I guess I could say I haven't read Christmas Carol in a few years, but I really want to like a special edition of it because I really want to reread it again this holiday season. So I feel like I could probably say A Christmas Carol, even though yeah. I haven't read it in years. 
I would say like I think about some of my favorite books that I've read in the past, like anything John Green or Nicholas Sparks from when I was a teenager. They give me a warm and fuzzy feeling on the inside. Um, I do plan on rereading Hatchet again sometime in the next year, though, because I did get it from one of my old teachers. And I do plan on rereading A Christmas Carol. Just, just thinking about those two books gives me like warm and fuzzy feeling. See, and that that's exactly what I was going for. It's different from favorite book. Like, don't ask me what my favorite book is. I don't have a favorite. I, I can't, I can't choose what my favorite books are. I do love rereading books. I'll say that. I just, I love re-experiencing it, but knowing what happens at the end, it's a, it's a weird thing of mine, but I will say that I do have comfort books and they have changed over time. Currently my comfort books slash series is coincidentally the um the Mistborn series. I mean, you mentioned that earlier um, because that really was like the, that was what got me. I've always wanted to write books. I always have. Um, but when I read that series, I was just like, wow, that was just like really, really good. And I, I couldn't even describe why. And I have reread it at least five, six times. I've reread it a lot. Okay. Um, just because I, the feelings and the characters remind me how much I just love writing and I love being in this creative space. And so, yeah, for me, that's what they were. When I was younger, coincidentally, when I was a teenager, it they were Tamara Pierce books. I don't know if you've ever heard of Tamara Pierce. Um, I have. Fantasy I don't author. think I've anything by her. There, I read the, her books a lot when I was young, when I was a teenager. Really, really enjoyed them. So those were my comfort books at the time. Um, but it's definitely shifted to more, I guess, larger books. Her books are a little bit shorter, but... Um, Anyway, it's interesting, just something to whenever I feel like, oh, yeah, I'm just not really satisfied with my current reading situation. I'll jump back and reread that just because I can or listen to it. I'll listen to the audio as well. Um, Anyway, sorry to to sidetrack from that. But in terms of like other ways to bolster creativity, what other thoughts do you have around how authors or, you know, people in general can keep their creative fonts full throughout their lives? Honestly, so I'm a person, I kind of get good at something and then move on to another yeah. hobby. So for me, That's like, great. just kind of rotating stuff out so I don't feel stuck. Yeah. So like, even, like, I'm taking a break from writing right now because, like I said, I was feeling stuck. And then with the content that I have planned, like, I don't try to plan my TikTok content too much. But right now, I do, with the end of the year, need to have this time from September through December blocked out and planned, especially with the indie author event. I don't know if you're, you didn't take part in the indie TBR, did you? For Not November? this year. No, mainly because it, it, they asked for people to join during a really crazy part of my life. And I just missed the deadline. <laughs> but I would have. Another sign up in January for the June event. So if you oh, okay. keep your I'll eye keep out for that. that. Yes. But I decided with just like everything needing to block this time out just for like reading. And then I've had so many ARC and beta requests, which after December, I think I'm going to slow down. And if I'm not friends with the person, no, just Mm -hmm. because I've had way too many indie authors reach out to me. I get why, because my page very much supports indie authors and I think it's great. But at the same time, like right now, I'm like jam packed with trying to start doing a blog post for the author library every month. So I have to read and review a book for them wow. by the 15th of every month. So that's 12 books a year, which yeah, I read more than 12 books a year, but that also like is a nice obligation. 
I have to look at that book with a little bit more of a weightier perspective when I do that. Sure. So like, that's what I say, my writing for this season just needs to be back burner because mm-hmm. I have too much going on. And then like, I'll maybe let's say I get bored with reading. I'm going to go bake a whole bunch of cookies or a cake or something. Cool. Like I think from January till May, I baked way too many cakes because I wanted to learn to bake a cake from scratch properly. So it's just finding stuff that interests you to keep you creative and not being afraid to switch up because I feel like a coworker and I are actually talking about this. As humans, everything is just one click away. Everything mm-hmm. like TikTok, 60 second videos, and people are no longer having patience or an attention span for anything longer than that millisecond. And so she talked about being intentional about stopping the autopilot. So that's why I say like I switch up what I'm creative with because it stops the autopilot of just picking up a book and reading it. Because sometimes I won't notice what I'm reading or I won't notice what I'm writing or I won't notice what I'm crocheting at the time. So just keeping it flowing and being intentional about not getting lost mm-hmm. would help being in present. my opinion with being creative. Yeah, being yep. present. It's a really good thing. I feel like I just went on that tangent. I mean, and and I, I honestly think we could probably have a whole nother podcast about being present, right? Being it, um, intentional about what you're doing and what you're saying. So um, we may have to like schedule that for another date, honestly. But uh, I appreciate this conversation. I'd love to know where can we find you? Where can we find your your short story? Potentially future books. Tell us where we can find you. All right. So I am on TikTok. I have two names on there. The first one is Lady Bach Knight. And if you need to know how to spell Bach Knight, it is B-O-C-K-N-I-T-E. And then my pin name is Author Rose Hawk. I also have a TikTok account with that one. Um, All my social media, like my Instagram for for books and my book YouTube channel are all Lady Bach Knight. And then you can find my short story on Amazon under... Author Rose Hawk with the light, and the light is either a dollar or Kindle Unlimited for anyone who wants to do it that way. And uh, those are my socials. And I also have, if you go to my TikTok, I have a universe page that has my email and has all that stuff linked on it where you can just go and click an icon and find any of those items. Cool. Excellent. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for joining me for this conversation again. I look forward to chatting again. Yes, we need to do another one because I feel like between the two of us, we could talk for hours. Oh, we could probably do another 10, 15 podcast episodes. Let's be honest. So we'll just, we'll do that again sometime. This will be going for a long time, I hope. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you found that interesting. Um, There will be another episode next Wednesday. They do come out on Wednesdays. If you have any questions for me or would like to be on my podcast, if you have any um, tips or tricks or would just like to talk about your books or whatnot, feel free to contact me at authordkenner at gmail.com. You can also contact me through forms on my website, dankenner.com, or if you want to see my other past pod- podcasts or information about the podcast, go to dkenner, excuse me, dankenner.com slash podcast. So I hope you are able to join me for next time. See ya.